The Baggies Podcast, giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Now available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Baggies Podcast. It is episode 27 of the podcast and today we've got plenty lined up to discuss on this week's episode. We're going to be discussing the disappointing, to say the least, defeat against Blackpool in the FA Cup on penalties. We're going to be looking at that game in quite a lot of detail, discussing the lineup, the substitutions and indeed the lack of effort in that game because all of these things are were a recipe for disaster so we're going to talk about that. We're also going to reveal the Baggies podcast man of the match again and then we're going to have a look at some transfer news and a little look ahead to Wolves next week in the Black Country Derby. So without further ado, if you're new to the podcast make sure you drop us a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you want to go and drop us a nice review that's available to do on Apple Podcasts as well. But otherwise, make sure you go and follow us on Twitter to get involved in future podcasts uh, at The Baggies Pod. So without further ado, let's get into this episode of The Baggies Podcast, episode 27. Let's go. The Baggies Podcast, giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Now available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So, as I said, plenty to discuss in this week's episode of the Baggies podcast. Lots of issues going on at West Bromwich Albion, as I'm sure most of you will be aware of. Uh, but yeah, let's start off with looking at the lineup for uh, the West Bromwich Albion Blackpool FA Cup clash. Um, I went on the Seasiders podcast uh, preview show on uh, Friday night to discuss the game, and. Um, yeah, that was very good. Obviously, I'll leave a link to that down in the description if you want to go and have a little little listen and a, a watch to that. It was a bit of a live show as well, so it's something a bit different uh, to, to the normal podcasts that I produce. But obviously, if you want to go and check that out, that's going to be in the description for you. But um, yeah, let's start with the lineup because that was another... There's a few key elements that I've highlighted here on my little running order sheet um, that I'm going to have to discuss because quite a few of them, I'd say, complement, you know, complemented each other and indeed led to defeat in in this particular game. So the first one is the lineup and obviously that's pretty crucial to a game, you know, you choose a completely completely wrong lineup and you're you're often going to go and find yourself losing that game. So let's go and have a look at our lineup. So in goal we had um David Button. You know, it's a fair choice. Uh, don't expect Sam Johnston to be playing in this particular game. Obviously, uh Kieran gives a left back Ivanovic and Bartley as centre-backs and Peltier at right-back with Ajayi in centre midfield just holding in front of them with Grzycki, Gallagher, Livermore and Kravinovic across the midfield four in front of Ajayi and then Pereira sort of looked like the lone striker in a way. Yeah, so there was no recognised striker in the squad whatsoever. Uh, there was no Cech Diaby who we expected to actually see start this game. Uh, the suspicions are that he might have been a positive Covid case, but um, you know you can't see the fact that he was on the bench against Arsenal. Something must have happened for him not to be available for this game. That's all I'm saying. Uh, there's hardly much rotation going on in there. Um, you'd say that quite a few of these players uh, might be starting in in games for Sam Allardyce. Uh, you, I'm looking particularly as uh, Ivanovic, Bartley, Gibbs, uh, Ajayi, definitely uh, Gallagher, Livermore, uh, Pereira. So there's quite a few that are going to be, you know, potentially starting. Um, yeah, so there was no recognised striker. There wasn't much rotation going on. Uh, there's not much rest either, because you think um, Gallagher, I'm looking at in particular, 
who has uh, probably been one of our best best players this season. Definitely the best outfield player, certainly. But he's the one um, who probably needs the rest more than anybody else, considering he's doing the running for most of the team in uh, <laughs> in most games. So he, for me, deserved a bit more of a rest. Uh, and I think he shouldn't have started the game. I mean, yeah, fair enough, I think he's out of the Wolves game because of the amount of yellow cards he's accumulated. But the Blackpool game, it's just its just no need to play Gallagher in that game whatsoever. Uh, I feel like he just needed a bit of a rest. Um, and uh, yeah, the thing is about him giving other people a chance, I feel there's one instance in which that, you know, he said in the pre-match press conference, he said, I'm going to give others a chance to see if they can impress me. There's spots up for grabs. I want to see people going in and finding um, a first team place with with this uh, with this West Brom you know in the West Brom team because there are places up for grabs in that first team the first team clearly not doing good enough things in the Premier League so Allardyce is going to want to assess uh, players you know in in other parts of the team so with that you've got to look at um the way in which um he's gone about doing that so you look at the team uh, and I think in one instance as I've just said that it worked was uh, Kamil Grasicki for me uh played very well yesterday looked very bright uh, and for me I, I was a bit you know it's a bit strange for him to be starting along with Kravinovic because they're, they're both looking to be leaving the club Kravinovic apparently has been offered to other clubs on on loan and Kamil Grasicki um was nearly out of the out of the door and going to Forest um before the end of you know before the end of the transfer window it was a couple of minutes over over the deadline so he was nearly gone but now he's now being given a chance in Allardyce's team and I still think he's going to be going but for me that was a really good performance from Kamagrasiki and he's the one instance in which I think this has uh, indeed worked obviously it was good to see Grasiki getting a start and a good performance from him so he is in you know Allardyce you know saying he was going to give people a chance Grasiki's had his chance and he's taken it in my opinion um other than that, there weren't any real decent... I'd say Pereira was pretty bright trying to create things throughout the match. Uh, I actually think Peltier wasn't that bad, uh, but that is me starting with quite a low threshold for him because of the game he had against Leeds, which was pretty, pretty bad. However, I thought he played quite well today um, against Blackpool. Uh, apart from that, I'm just really confused. No recognised... Um, no recognise, um, no recognised striker whatsoever. Um, it was just really weird to not see a striker on the pitch when you see Sam's sort of playing style when he wants to lump the ball towards a striker or over the top of the defence, and there's nobody coming to chase onto it. So I was really confused by the lineup, and I think a lot of people were. Uh, you did have young uh, Rico Richards on the bench, who I suppose is meant to be a a, a striker in that in that sense. Um, yeah, well, the, the weird things is that people were like Kipre weren't starting, people like Edwards weren't starting. Yes, they got a few minutes towards the end of the game, but that you know there wasn't much rotation going on in that sort of sense. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the actual performance from the team. It was a real lethargic performance uh, against the League One side. Uh, let's not forget who they are. They're not Barcelona. They are Blackpool, but they are they gave they're all Blackpool. Uh, and that you have to say well played to them. It, it ended up going to penalties. Uh, we lost 3-2 on penalties. But you have to say they deserved to win before penalties. I think they should have put the game to bed before penalties. And against the better side, we'd have probably gone and lost that game, I'd say, 4-5-2. Uh, or five, two. There were plenty of chances for Blackpool to get in there and create chances. They created more chances than us by, by certain. Um, 
they should yeah they gave the raw blackpool and they should really be credited for their performance because they should have really put that to bed before the um before the um before the game before the game went to penalties i think they should have been they should have um, perhaps put the game to bed earlier however it's just annoying how the fact that you've been outplayed by a league one side you know you look at the quality of our side there's some good players in there don't get me wrong but none of them seem to give you know give any effort towards the game none of them seem to put them throw themselves about none of them seem to um go you know and play it play any sort of decent game um nobody seemed to really put themselves about and it was really annoying because you look at the team and then you look at um you look at the way in which um you know they've come on and conducted themselves i couldn't tell you i could probably tell you uh two players that perhaps gave their all to uh, maybe three. I'll go, I'll go with three. Uh, Peltier, I thought, gave 100%. Uh, might not be the best of ability. I think that's probably his level, actually. Probably League One level. Uh, and Ajayi, maybe, maybe Ajayi. I don't think he was quite up to it. He did nearly get himself sent off uh, earlier on in the game. Uh, Gallagher put a lot of effort into it. And then Grisicki as well, probably put quite a bit of effort into the game. Apart from that, it was very lethargic very um very wasteful performance from West Brom. Uh and then we're gonna have to move on to the substitutions. Because all four of the starting back four, so that is Gibbs, Ivanovic, Bartley and Peltier were replaced during the game. They they were replaced by Furlong, Kipre, O'Shea and uh I think Sawyers as well. Uh and then the other substitute was Edwards for Gallagher. So you know there was you you sort of buy, you're tying your hands behind your back for attacking substitutions because they were crying out for something a bit different, something new. I mean, I don't understand why he replaced the entire back four. I think I don't know whether he was competing in some sort of challenge to get the most centre backs on the pitch, and I don't know. But that was certainly not the way to go about things. He bought on um, Furlong, uh, Kipre, O'Shea, uh, and then he bought Sawyer's on, uh, and Sawyer's went into midfield with Ajayi going in, back into the back four. So it was pretty weird from Allardyce. The only attacking substitution I said he made was Edwards for Gallagher uh, after 61 minutes. Um, but I just I, I couldn't believe what he was doing. Um, I mean, Rico Richards was on the bench. He's a bit of a midf midfield sort of striker, a bit of a, I don't know what to call him because I've never seen him play first team football. But, you know, he has played quite a few games where he's... Um, where he's to, you know he's shown himself to be more of an attacking player. Um, if I was Raheem Harper, I think what on earth have I got to do to get a, a go in the first team? You know, he has uh, he made an appearance against Blackpool, which is uh, which is good. Sorry, Arsenal, I meant. Uh, and, and you know, so you think, oh, that's leading him up to perhaps playing in this uh, FA Cup clash. Not even a minute uh, for Harper in that game. Poor, poor kid. You know he's a good player, perhaps a bit, um, a bit lethargic. But he's a prospect for certain. I th thought he'd be one of the players that Allardyce wanted to assess, as he said. Um, Cedric Kipre got a few minutes, which is one, uh, and Edwards, both players not re receiving uh, minutes under Sam Allardyce, uh, in 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 particular. So it's good that Kipre and Edwards got a few minutes. Kipre for me looked all right. I thought he did the job he was asked to do. Uh, made a lot of um, you know good clearances, good headers. You know he just looked a bit out of, out of practice perhaps with his matches. 
Uh, but for me, Kipre did look um, look look decent. Uh, apart from that, you know, you have to look at the 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 lack of effort for the goals conceded. You look at the first goal, um, and you just let Brat Blackpool sort of walk through and score what is a fairly simple goal, uh, unmarked at the back post, Jerry Yates. Uh, and then you move into the second half. Gibbs came off at half time with a bit of a knock. Surprise, surprise. Just clearly hasn't got the fitness to play this sort of level of football anymore. Then we pegged Blackpool back with a goal from Semi Ajayi from a, a good header from a from a, like a free kick, I think it was, or something like that. Uh, it was a good um, a good header from Semi Ajayi. Um, not sure. See, you know, it was, a, it was following a corner. I'm sorry, my mistake. Um, and then. Then we made a couple more substitutions, and then Medine scored. Now, this was the one I had the biggest problem with. The first goal is a good bit of play by Blackpool. Jerry H just hanging around the back post, looking for something to fall for him, and it did. It was a good ball across from the winger, uh, and it fell to Jerry Yates at the back post. But now you look at Gary Medine uh, and his goal. What a ridiculous goal to concede. You watch um, the walking back, you watch the... You watch... Uh, Branislav Ivanovic, legend, you know, I'd say he's probably still chasing after Gary Medine, and you know, I probably could have caught up with caught up with him. Uh, I know he's he's you know he's just strolling, everyone's strolling back after it, and it's the desire of Gary Medine, which is more, you know, he's putting in more effort than the West Brom players, to, and he's more dedicated to get that to get to that ball. He's more dedicated to to drive and score with score score with his shot, whereas our players are jogging after him. Uh, Ivanovic, I'd probably say, was probably trying really hard. He's just so slow that he, he just can't reach him. But yeah, it's just a ridiculous goal to concede. And then uh, we got a bit... I'd say it was a penalty, yes. Um, for, you know, the handball. It was a, it was a handball, in my opinion. Um, I, he's got his arm out there. It's a bit harsh from the distance. I mean, I personally, you know, if, if the law wasn't the way it was, I might not have given it. But the way the law is in the handballs and stuff, you do have to give it. And Pereira uh, did um, did score the penalty. Uh, couldn't score in the shootout, though, Did you? could you, Mateus? Um, but then it, it, it was just dragging on. I was getting... The first, first time, I, I, I didn't celebrate either of our goals. And that's how, I, you know, that's how dull... The game, you know, in the football that we were playing was because I just well, I didn't feel any enthusiasm for it. I, the fact that we needed a, a bit of a lucky penalty to to go and and, and scrape a draw within a, within ninety minutes against Blackpool is pretty shameful in itself for a Premier League side. I think it looked like a side that had found West Brom that had found their level. It looked like we'd found League One level. You know, we're we're competing here. You know, we we and it looked like we were sort of hanging on in there to to draw two two and then go to penalties. Throughout the game, you know, throughout the extra time, it was just getting boring and, and tedious. Uh, and then they scored. They, they we missed two penalties. Um, pretty, pretty poor penalties, I have to say, from Furlong and and Kyle Edwards. And they converted theirs. And you have to say fair play. They they did well. Blackpool. Uh, and you have to say well done to them because they they had the more they have more fight. They have more desire. And then. Yeah, we 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 didn't have any desire or passion, and that was the real problem for me. No fight whatsoever. Outfought by League One Blackpool, you expect them to come and have a go against a side that are um a million round the bottom of the table, but you don't expect them to completely dominate you like that and create the more chances. Look, look the better side. But yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. I was um I was very annoyed about the game, I, but I've sort of lost my passion for it. If I'm being completely honest. 
you know, I stick with the lads at the at the, the best of times, really, uh, in West Bromwich Albion. I, I, in, in the worst and the best of times, I'll stick with them. But I felt no passion towards this team. I feel no gravitation to watch watch the games, really. I don't fancy watching them. They don't excite me, these games, anymore. You know, it's just pretty annoying, really. You know, I don't look forward to watching watching the games at, at the moment in the state our club is in. Sam Allardyce, I don't think he's that bothered. By, I, I'm not getting on his back because, fair enough, he's only had a bit of time and he hasn't been able to get many of the reinforcements or he's only had one of the reinforcements that he wanted. But you look at the team and then you say... Um, and then you say... You know who's there who actually wants to play for Allardyce and the badge? They're not playing for Allardyce. They played for Billich, but they're not playing for Allardyce. And it just highlights the problems behind the scenes because that has just caused you all sorts of problems sacking Billich at the time. Now I say Billich was probably right to go, but not at the time that it was. Not at the time that he did go. I think it was right to sack him after the Palace result, maybe even Newcastle, but not the Man City game. The poor guy, uh, Billich. He's already got back into football. Fair play to him. He's gone to earn. Probably millions of millions and millions of pounds over in Beijing with in, in, for a Chinese team, so he's probably raking in the money. Um, but yeah, so the you know the owners are really the problem here. Director of football not doing well, not doing well enough by sacking your manager in that sort of time. The players respected Billich, and I don't think they respect Allardyce and the way he's trying to play. But however, I don't think the players will have much of a say because I think he's gonna ship quite a few of them out and let's go on to talk about the transfer news because obviously we signed Robert Snodgrass in the week on an 18 month deal for a nominal fee apparently quite a small fee he only had six months left on his contract with West Ham so yeah he's uh he's he's, he's now at West Bromwich Albion from West Ham a good player in my opinion uh one of those players that's going to work his socks off for you whatever the weather and that's the sort of player I'd like to see in the West Brom side He's that sort of player, uh, and I, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing him in West Bromshire. He's going to leave his heart and his soul on the pitch, and it's you know it's not really about the the fact that he's that old. The fact that he's going to come and put up a fight, which is good, because uh, I see none of the, not many of these players in our team putting up a fight at the moment. But I can see him going in and putting up a fight. Uh, Grenier um, is a player who plays for uh, Gwingamp in France, but he's a uh, soon to become a free agent or something like that. Uh, apparently, um, we are perhaps interested in him. A bit of a, I'm not, I'm not really sure what to say about him, but, but yeah, apparently he's a player that we're potentially looking at, a player that we're going to have a little peek at um, and see if we can bring him in. Uh, Clément Grenier of uh, of Stade Rennes, that is, um, a few Premier League teams after him, according to Alan Nixon, who is a journalist. Uh, you know, reasonably. Um, Reasonably decent um, player and a reasonably decent um, journalist reporting that. So yeah, he's a uh, he's meant to be quite a good player, Clement Grenier. So we're going to see what he's going to what he's going to do. Um, he's thirty years old, but yeah, we're just going to have to see what happens with that one. Tosson's still linked with us. Uh, Sam Allardyce says he wants serious reinforcements in this team, and he says he's got a hell of a job to do. So that's obvious that that's obviously the case with him. Um, yeah, I can't believe what's happening. Um. Yeah, it's it's pretty annoying that we find ourselves in the position we find ourselves in, but we're gonna have to see what he does in the transfer window. And we got Wolves next week, so yeah, we're gonna see. Um. Yeah, we're gonna see about that. Apparently, we're also Big Sam's optimistic uh, about Josh King. <laughs> Can't see if he's um. 
You can't see him coming in, and perhaps Josh Madger, who scored quite a lot of goals for Sunderland in the lower tiers, uh, who's currently at Bordeaux, could be coming into the club as well. But that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. I'm afraid it's been another difficult listen. We're getting a bit sick of them now, but it's the Black Country derby next week, so we're going to see what we can get out of that game. That will be a lot, if I'm being honest, um, but we're going to see what's going to happen. And hopefully we can put on a, a better performance and maybe we'll have some new signings in before then. But without further ado, that brings us to the end of the uh, Baggies podcast. And uh, if you're new, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a nice review if you'd like. So if you've enjoyed it, make sure you're dropping a like on YouTube or whatever. And I'll see you in the next episode, in episode 28. Thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next time. Goodbye. The Baggies Podcast, giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Now available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify.